What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Man Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you and thank you for taking the time. I promise we won't use your time for granted, but please don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing if you enjoy these episodes. This is a place where we are on a mission of connecting men in pursuit of their potential. We do so by embracing discomfort, cultivating community, and putting wind in each other's sails. And I'm so thankful to get some wind in our sails today from CEO, owner of Quest Education, Dan. Daniel Blue joining us on the podcast. Daniel, thank you so much, brother. Hey, Ted, thank you for allowing me to be here. Super stoked to be in front of your listeners and uh, drop some goodies. Yeah, absolutely. And I always love giving the opportunity for our guests and our listeners, the watchers on YouTube to kind of get acquainted really quick because I can read the titles, right? I can give the introduction, but it's not the same way as someone might introduce themselves. So Daniel, man, please take the floor for a second. Let the audience know who you are, what you do, and then we can kind of unravel your story a little bit. Yeah. So I'll just get right into it. I'll start with some slow points. 18 years old, I was addicted to Oxycontin. At that same time, I found out I was having a baby girl. I was not planning on being a dad. I was not ready to be with my daughter's mom and found out I'm having a kid while I'm high on Oxycontin. And I dropped out of college at this time. And I was pretty much a loser, had no really compass on life, right? If you're struggling at any point and you know, I'm 33 years old now and I've gotten past the drugs and you know, my daughter is amazing. She's 13 years old. She lives with me. And you know, so we're all past all that, but there's still times where I get in a funk. And I think when you're still at a low point and you get in a funk, it's just because you're not clear on what you want. You don't have that clarity in your business. You don't have that clarity in your marriage. You don't have that clarity with your fitness. You don't have that clarity on a spiritual level. And that's where you got to dig deep and ask some questions, right? What do you want? If you were to die tomorrow, what kind of legacy do you want to live? What do you want to leave behind? What, what do you want people to think about you when you're not on this world and your name gets brought up, right? Like, what's your brand? What do you want to be remembered for? Who do you want to impact, right? Like, you really got to dig deep. And when I was 18 years old, I had no idea what I really wanted in my life. So it took going through some turbulence. It took going through some adversity. It took going through some trauma to really figure out who Daniel Blue is and what I'm about. And these days I am blessed to own a company that does seven figures. I have an amazing team. We've got amazing clients in all 50 states and I have a lot of fun in the financial world, but also I'm having a lot of fun on the personal side in my life as well, spending time with my daughter. I've been with my wife now for about 10 years. Uh, we were talking before air that I've been picking up this ultra running. I've never ran in my life until <laughs> June of this year and uh, going on 20, 30, 40 miles runs and got addicted to this long distance running. So I'm just in, in pursuit of chasing something greater. I think there's more potential that we all have, and it just takes going through some hard times to figure out what we're really made of. Yeah, man, absolutely. I do amazing testimony. And, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of us, regardless of where we are in life, we could find ourselves in a funk and we could find ourselves kind of disoriented in terms of where we're going and that clarity, you know, that clarity or almost kind of remembering who we are and what we're kind of going for it is so helpful. And I've seen on your social, man, the running, you're an animal, you're a beast and you could lift heavy. So that's definitely a great combination to have. I want to, I guess, unravel a little bit more and dig deeper in that journey, right? Where you mentioned the low points to coming up to the, is now where we are currently, right? What was that process like? Or maybe if there's maybe a turning point you could identify at some point where 
you go from that, I guess your daughter's born, you're 19, addicted to Oxy, you dropped out of college. What was the point where you're like, okay, this trajectory, I'm no longer okay with, I'm going to go this way now. Yeah. So if you think about where you're at now or, or where you've been in the past, and maybe you made some bad financial choices, maybe you cheated on your spouse, maybe you became an alcoholic, maybe you got addicted to porn. I'm just, I'm going dark, right? I'm going real life yeah. shit. You just know you've been doing some bad things. And a lot of times it's when no one's watching, right? And you're just making these moves, making these choices, because in the moment it makes you feel better. But then afterwards you feel like a piece of shit and you know you shouldn't have done it, but then you keep doing it, right? Mm -hmm. That was totally me when I was 18, 19 years old. And my choices were Oxycontin. It was, and for those that don't know, it's pretty crazy now. Um, Oxycontin is elevated to fentanyl and fentanyl yeah. is wild. Fentanyl is just killing you know, our kids, our communities. And it's really sad. Um, Oxycontin is heroin in the form of a pill. And when people want more than heroin, they go to fentanyl, right? So I'm very grateful that I've been clean since 2009 and fentanyl really wasn't a thing back then. But going back to your question, I chose to make those decisions because I had anger. I had resentment towards my father. My father left me when I was 12 years old. He moved to Mexico and essentially just abandoned me. And that hurt because he and I were really close. He was my soccer coach. He was my boy. He was my dad. And when he left, that shook me to my core because I didn't know why he left, why he didn't come back. I had so many questions and no answers. And I'm 12, 13 years old without a dad now. And as I got older, we still didn't talk and, you know, he's just completely gone from my life. And so I held on to a lot of that resentment as I got older and almost had, not almost, I had the victim mentality. And when shit's going wrong, we resort to being a victim. And that's exactly what I did. I was 16, 17, 18 years old. I was looking at my friends and why does he have his dad show him how to drive a car? Why does he have his dad, you know, show him how to talk to a girl or show him how to tie a tie? Like, how come I don't have that? How come my friend gets to have his dad around? Like, what about me? You know, so is and that was just a dark place. And when I had my daughter, that's what changed. And just to get even deeper, how big of a fuck up I was, I wasn't even there for my daughter's birth. My daughter was born and I was too busy being high off Oxycontin. I didn't see my daughter until she was two weeks old. Like that's how dark of a place I was. Right. But I remember when I held my daughter, I remember like it was yesterday and I'm holding her and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, that's my blood. Like I'm her dad. And then I immediately thought about my dad and keep in mind, I haven't talked to him at this point. I haven't seen him. I just thought of him. I was like, you know what? My dad fucked up, but I'm sure he feels the same way about me the way I feel about Bella in this moment. And I just, a switch was flipped. I immediately went to gratitude. I immediately thought about, you know what? I'm just grateful that I even had a dad. And from the time I was born until I was 12 years old, my dad was awesome. He was my soccer coach. He picked me up from school. He never let me eat McDonald's because he thought it was just, you know, trash food and always made sure I had fruit and fresh food. Like he just taught me some good stuff and I had a really good upbringing. So I started thinking about those things and I thought, you know what, there's people out there that don't have a dad or they have a dad, but there's a piece of shit. And I at least got a great dad from zero to 12. So I just shifted from being a victim to gratitude. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm so glad that my dad left and abandoned me because then I got closer with my mom. My mom and I became super tight and then it, it taught me how to grow up quicker. And, and you know what? I'm just grateful that this all happened the way it did. And I just forgave him in that moment. And then I reached out to him and, you know, I just did, you made your mistakes. I forgive you. I love you. Let's move on. And I think to tie everything up is 
maybe you don't have a dad that left you, but there was just something in your past that you kind of just buried. And those things, you have to address them head on because the alternative is doing other things that you think are going to take your mind off of it or make you get past that. But you're really never going to get past it until you address those demons, until you address that bad, bad shit. And once you do, and you you can move on with your life, you find peace. Yeah. I mean, that's where the courage is. It's okay to be afraid of facing that demon, facing that past, facing trauma that you've been holding down, but facing that and going in that fight, that's where the courage comes in. And then you start progressing and you start taking those steps in that direction. What is it like though? Because for anybody who might be listening or anyone who might be kind of trying to change things around and they're going at it again, it's hard taking off, right? The plane has to take off against the wind. And usually when we find ourselves someplace, we're in a trajectory, we don't like where we're going. The moment we change our mind doesn't necessarily change the reality or our environment. So there's still work to be done, right? Kind of dig ourselves back. How important is it, I guess, to have that solid mindset or stay focused as you build yourself towards a new direction? Because people are probably going to still label you and define you by who they used to know you as. Yeah. You got to find a way to get some wins because you've been on a a losing streak, right? You've been taking L's and you got to find a way to get some wins and you got to find some ways to increase your self-worth, your confidence. And the best way to increase your self-worth is to follow through with the promises you make yourself. And that can be at a point in your life where maybe you're not in a good spot financially, right? I hit a really rock bottom spot when I was, you know, 19, 20 years old, when I got clean, you know, I lost my house in 2008. I bought at a bad time in the market with the recession and whatnot. I lost my house. I had a Range Rover. I lost that. I went from having my own house, driving a Range Rover at 19, 20 years old to not having a house and driving a Mazda 3. And talk about confidence, right? Talk about self-worth really going down. And then I'm clean from drugs. The hardest part isn't going through the withdrawals because the withdrawals are the withdrawals. Like you literally feel sick when you're coming off of something like heroin, right? Something like Oxycontin. It's six months. It's a year after where when life throws a curveball at you, can you handle that adversity without going back to masking your problems, right? Going back to the bar and drinking, going back to the drugs, going back to making those choices that in the moment make you feel better. But the next day and the next week, it just sets you back, right? So you have to find ways to get wins. You mentioned taking off, being in that airplane. Don't have a bunch of things in that airplane that shouldn't be there. It's harder for an airplane to take off. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a pilot, but I'm just kind of putting two and two together. If that plane is just full of shit and full of weight and it's heavy, it's probably going to be harder to take off and go through some turbulence, right? So unload some things off of that plane that shouldn't be there. Maybe it's that friend that you've had since high school, but they're just toxic. They're just negative. They're just holding you back. Hey, sometimes you got to make those tough choices. Maybe it's that family member that is just so damn negative. Sometimes you just have to limit your time with that person. Yes, they're family. Yes, you love them, but you have to do what's best for you, right? So you have to control the controllables. And those are things that you can control who's in your circle, who is influencing you, right? So I'd focus on that, number one. And then number two, getting those wins. And it can be something along the lines of, you say to yourself that you're going to read 10 pages a day and you read 10 pages a day and you do that for a month, dude, your confidence is going to go up. You say you're going to go on a walk outside every day for 20 minutes. 
You start doing that every day for 20 minutes, your confidence is going to start going up a week, two weeks after that. You say you're going to go to the gym and you actually go to the gym. So you just come up with these things that you say you're going to do. And then when you actually do them, your mind is, oh, this dude was full of shit before, but I think this person is actually someone that I believe in, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like two personalities. We have two e- alter egos, right? And you have to get both of them aligned where, you know, your subconscious, your mindset, you know, is, is believing your inner voice. And that's a really good way to, to get some wins and build up your self-worth. So then that way you can take on something greater. And it's going to take some time. It took me a few years to get yeah. back to winning. So don't think you're just going to start winning and hit home runs a week, a month, six months out of the gate. If you've been in a funk, if you've been on a losing streak, it's going to take some time. Yeah, absolutely. Something you posted on your Instagram not too long ago saying some people will look down on you when you are changing. Others will clap for you when you're growing. So choose your circle wisely. Kind of exactly what you're talking about is, you know, if you hit crap on the plane, you're not going to go far. But if you have that right circle and those people who are going to put wind in your sails, as we say here on the podcast, or really kind of go to bat for you and be on your team and help you move forward, that makes the world a difference when you're trying to do big things. How did it work when you started getting into business? Because we We've talked about the struggles of entrepreneurship, right? And you mentioned, you know, when life hits you, it's the six months down the line, it's the year down the line. And for anyone who's started a business or who's tried to grow a business or whatnot, they know it's not just, hey, you build it, they come, you open up the doors and you go, there's a grind to it. There's a fire to put out every day. And, you know, there's a lot of things and almost might push you, put you back in that pressure cooker and kind of overwhelm you at some point. What was that process like when you decided of going into business and elevating into Uh, what now has become Quest Education. Yeah. So before I do that, I want to go, I want to share this quick little story going back to that person that, you know, is in in that funk. A way that I was able to overcome getting out of the drug scene and just really changing my life, doing a 180. I moved from the city I lived in in Utah to Las Vegas to get clean Mm -hmm. because I knew if I could be in a brand new environment, a brand new city with people I don't know, that I was gonna change a lot. I was gonna put myself in a better position to succeed and win in life because I just had a new environment. I had a new plate. It sucked, I was lonely, I didn't know people. So now I'm having to go out of my comfort zone and meet people and generate you know, new relationships and whatnot. But the old me, the old city I lived in, I had too much temptation. I had people that I shouldn't have reached out to me. I had just old friends. So if you feel like you're kind of running on a treadmill and not going anywhere, and you've been in the same city for 10, 15 years, and you just know you could use a change, but you're just scared because moving is just, man, like you don't know anyone. And you know, what, what if you don't have meet new friends? Dude, so what? Like the worst case scenario is you move back. You already know what the old city looks like. You already know. So I would not be where I'm at today if I did not move to Sin City, Las Vegas to get clean from drugs. Like that's what got me clean. That's what helped me to start winning. And people laugh when I tell them I moved to Las Vegas to get clean from drugs. And it's true. So I wanted to highlight that because I think, especially now in the year 2022 with being able to work remote and and just everything going on, don't be afraid to pack your bags and go to a new city. It could be the best decision you've ever made, or you just move back because it didn't work out for whatever reason. So, but going back to your question. So again, it was the long game, right? I'm 21 now, 22 years old. I'm starting to kind of get back 
in the real world where I've been clean for a few years. When I was making bad choices and on drugs, I was also making bad choices financially. I was spending more than I was making. I didn't build up a good credit score. I was a 1099 commission salesperson. So I wasn't really good on the tax side of things. And because I made a lot of bad choices on the personal side, I also was making bad choices on the financial side. So I learned from those mistakes. You know, I learned, oh, life is pretty hard with a 500 credit score or, oh, life is pretty hard when you owe the IRS money and they're about to put a lien on your shit, right? Oh, life is pretty hard when you're spending more than you're making, right? So I'm making those choices, you know, and, and learning from those mistakes in my early 20s. But then when I'm like 23, 24 years old, I learn from those mistakes. So I start investing my money. I start buying stocks. I start saving money. I'm spending way less than what I'm making. I'm living more conservatively. I had the house. I had the Range Rover. So now I'm just driving paid off cars. I'm renting. I'm saving money. I'm in a really good headspace. So at my job as an employee, I am always trying to go the extra mile, right? How can I show value to my boss? How can I show value to the owners? How can I be indispensable, right? I come from a sports background. I played sports growing up. I had the attitude of, I'm going to make the plays on the field where the coach can't take me out. Like He just won't take me out of the game because he knows it's just going to hurt the team. Same thing in business. I wanted to make plays in business where they just couldn't get rid of me. They had no choice but to keep promoting me because of the value I brought to the company. Right. So that was my mentality in business. And so that served me well. I was able to move up within a few different companies and start making some good money again, start saving my money. And then shoot, we're in 2022. So in 2018, four years ago, I have the thought of, man, why can't I be the captain of my own ship? You know, I've got some money saved up. I have a really, really good credit score. So I can get my hands on some 0% credit card money. Um, I have great contacts. I have great relationships with people. I think I could do this myself, right? I, I think I could get into business myself and build something. And at the time I was working for a company that, and I'm still in the same space where the problem that we solve in the market is helping people access their retirement accounts penalty and tax-free. And I fell yeah. in love with this concept because my mom grew up with the pension. My friend's parents had 401ks. So I was always under the impression that a 401k was only for the stock market and you can never touch that money until you're old and retired. That's not true. You actually can access the Hmm. money in your retirement account penalty and tax free now and use that money to build your business, invest in your own business, invest in real estate, right? Just do a bunch of other things that you never knew you could do, right? So I Hmm. love that concept. And I thought, why can't I start a company that still focuses on that and delivers that experience? to the marketplace. And I just went all in. And I just thought, you know what? Worst case scenario, it doesn't work. And I can just go back to adding value to a company and being a really good employee based off of my confidence and my skill set. But you know, we're four years into it and been having a lot of fun and changing a lot of lives. And you know, we're still rocking and rolling. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Where do you get that mindset? Because I think you've said a couple of times, worst case scenario, we move back, right? Worst case scenario, I go back to the job. And for some people, they're so loss adverse. They're so afraid to let go of what they have. And psychology will tell you, it's harder to let go of what you have because you you can quantify what you have. You don't, you're not able to quantify what you stand to gain right? So you're more likely to hold on to quote unquote, you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. How do you have that mindset of like, man, worst case scenario, we just come back or worst case scenario. It seems almost like the opposite of risk adversity. It's not, I don't want to say it's reckless risk because obviously, right? Your approach is very calculated, but you also have a very, whatever the outcome is, I'm okay. 
type attitude? Where does that come from? You know, pain is temporary, right? So there was a time where I lived with my friend. I was a junior and my mom and I were by ourselves broke and we lived with my friend and we didn't have just the resources to have our own place. So my mom reached out to my friend's mom and my friend's mom was gracious enough to let us stay there. And, you know, so I, we stayed at his house while I went to school. There's another time where we lived in a hotel for a period of time, my freshman year. Those were painful moments, right? But they're just temporary. So I just developed this approach where that pain, that feeling of being uncomfortable, it's only temporary as long as you're in it to win it, as long as you keep pushing. If you're not in it to win it and you're not going to keep pushing, then that pain will not be temporary. It will be permanent and you're going to have to live with Mm -hmm. that, right? But you know, if you're actually getting up and putting in the work, you know, if you're in it to win it, you know, if you're doing what it takes to keep moving forward, it might not be giving you the results that you want this week, next week, next month, because it takes time, right? We were at low points in my childhood for a period of time, my mom and I, but I credit my mom for, you know, a lot of my mindset because, you know, think about it here. This woman was, her husband moved to a different company or a different country and she didn't get any child support. She didn't get any explanation about what was happening. And, you know, my my mom worked, but you know, my dad had his own business. He did pretty well for himself. So that I mean it hurt financially. We lived in California, cost of living is pretty high, right? And so my mom really got the short end of the stick. And I never once heard my mom complain or talk shit about my dad. Not one time. And as I got older, I learned why my dad moved. I learned why he left. And my mom knew some of those things, but she didn't tell me to shelter me. But she woke up every day with a smile on her face and went to work. And even when we lived in a hotel, even when we lived with my friends, even when we, I know she was broke, like she just always has a smile on her face. And she never once complained about the circumstances. She never once came home from work and was just like, man, I had a long day. Like, I'm just tired. I don't feel like it, you know, taking to your friend's house. Like, you don't know what it's like. Like, she just never complained. And as I got older, I started asking her about that. And she, went on to tell me, she's just like, when I felt like the world was ending and I didn't know what I was going to do, I would just go in the shower and cry. Like, I didn't want you to see me cry. So my mom just always had the supreme confidence that she was going to make it work for us. And she did. Now there was some times where she doubted it and she was scared and she didn't know where the next, you know, house was going to be for us, but she just had that confidence. So I think that just rubbed off on me and it was injected into me where I'm pretty damn confident that I'm going to make it work. I might fall on my face. I might make a mistake. I might take an L, a massive L. So I just know worst case scenario, I go back to X, right? And because I already know what that pain looks like, but I already know it's just going to be temporary. Mm, Yeah. You mentioned, I mean, uh, you said your daughter's 13 now. And when she was born, the gratitude that you reverted to and you automatically thought of your dad. I hope you you don't mind me asking, but, uh, and I don't know how the relationship has been since. If there's anything you could say to your dad now, what's that relationship like now or... If it's been a while, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, uh, I actually 
took my daughter and my wife to go see my dad in Mexico earlier this year. And yeah, man, we got a group chat on WhatsApp with my dad and my two siblings. And, you know, it's, it's active every day and we're all cool. You know, I talk to him, my dad multiple times a week and it's all good. You know, there's always going to be someone that's going to hurt you. And I don't forget a lot of those things that my dad did. Obviously, I'm super loyal to my mom and her and I are just I'm a mama's boy. I talk to my mom pretty much every every damn day. And obviously a lot closer to my mom than my dad. But I'm just grateful my dad's alive. I'm grateful that I have a dad I can, you know, reach out to and say I love you. Obviously, it's hard to be super, super tight when he lives, you know, in a completely different country and I don't see him too often. But you know, I, I would just ask yourself if there's someone in your family in, in your circle that's hurt you. You don't have to talk to them every day. You know, you, you could cut them out, right? But are you holding on to anything? Are, are there feelings of resentment and anger that you're still holding on to? And if you are, think about it as that anger and that resentment and those negative feelings that you have towards that person, it's just in your body still, right? It's still in your being and it's just not serving you, right? you're actually probably going to bed at night and you may not remember it the next day, but like it's in your subconscious, like it's in your dreams and you might not even remember it. It's just not serving you. It's not helping you. So you got to find a way to just release yourself from those feelings. And I'm not saying you got to forgive that person hundred percent and forget about everything that they've done. Facts are facts, but just find a way to move past that because it's not about them. It's about you. It's about you finding true peace. And it's hard to have true peace if you still have those negative feelings associated with that person. Find some gratitude yeah. in those you know dark times with that person. Yeah, I think it's Tony Robbins who said is, you know, if you're going to blame someone for the bad, you have to thank them for the good too, because they have equally polarizing impacts on your life. And you have to, you know, whatever gifts that lesson taught you, whatever outcome and growth that has given you that experience, you know, there's, there's credit for the good and the bad. And you, like you mentioned, holding on to that resentment, it's like drinking poison and expecting it to impact the other person. It's just, it's not helpful to you. So being able to grow past that is hugely beneficial. Coming up towards the end, and just wanted to touch on Quest Education because I know some of our listeners, a lot of them entrepreneurial, working on their business or side hustle, and just amazing story and amazing testimony. And I know some of their ears might get perked up when they hear, wait, access our 401k, fund businesses. I know there's a lot of business owners that listen to the podcast. So really quick, just wanted to guess, elaborate more on that because that is a concept I haven't heard much of, of being able to access retirement accounts and what exactly is the use for that and how can people leverage that for growth? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, we just recently helped someone out in Florida. She had a 401k from an old job and she liked the idea of accessing some of that money penalty and tax-free and using some of that money to invest into her own business. She's starting a business and she could use some capital for the business. So we helped her take that 401k from her old job and we helped her convert it into what's called a solo 401k. And that's an IRS approved plan for an entrepreneur. And once her money is in the solo 401k, she actually can take some of that money out penalty and tax free and use that money for startup capital for her business. So, you know, marketing expenses or inventory, right? You, you can use the money however you want. And then she still has a bunch of money left over that she can deploy in different areas, right? Maybe she wants to get in the real estate game or invest in the precious metals or stocks. You know, I know stocks right now are kind of crazy. So, yeah. you know, basically who we help are people that want something different, right? The stock market, 
You know, so maybe they're thinking, man, if I could access some of this money that's locked up in the stock market, and if I could touch this money and use this money penalty and tax free, I'd much rather use it for this purpose over here instead of what it's doing in the stock market. So th- these strategies have been around for decades. It's uh, something that's been around for a long time. The IRS has approved these strategies and you just haven't heard of them because Wall Street doesn't want you to know about it, right? Wall Street wants your money in the stock market. That's how they make money, right? Why would they yeah. teach you and go out of their way to explain a strategy that allows you to access your own money penalty and tax-free and use it other than the stock market? Yeah. Almost like adding a diversified layer to your portfolio. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to take all your retirement, but you can maybe take a portion and you're like, Hey, I have a pretty good portfolio set up, maybe a little excess that I could take maybe this five, 10%, put it towards my business venture, which would also kind of be putting into my retirement and then grow it from there. I haven't heard the strategy. I would love to learn more about it, but for anyone else who's sitting on the edge of their seat, like, okay, I need to connect with Daniel learn more about Quest Education, the work that you guys are doing and the services you provide. How can folks connect with you, connect with Quest Education and learn more? Yeah. So head over to DanielBlue.me. Blue, just like the color, DanielBlue.me. That's my personal site. Got links to my podcast. Got a podcast called How Winners Win. And the goal there is to help people win in their financial life, their entrepreneurial life, their personal life. So we touch on some of the things that, you know, you and I just talked about, Ted. So, you know, check out the podcast. I know you're going to love that. And then I've got a book. It's called Blueprint to Your Best Retirement. So you can pick up the book there. I didn't even tell you this, Ted, but you know I definitely want to get back to your community. So the book, you can get it on the website and purchase it for like audio. You know, if you want to be on a run or the gym or in your car, you can just purchase it that way. But if you want a book shipped out to you, or you just want the uh, downloadable version, instead of going to Amazon and paying the 10 bucks, uh, just go to danielblue.me slash book, and you can actually just get a free copy of the book. So that'll be for your community, Ted. So if, uh, for people that want to learn more on, on the, the book side, the book teaches you, it gives you the game. It shows you how to access your money penalty and tax-free, how to use the money to, you know, pay off debt, fund your business, invest in real estate, how to grow tax money or grow your money tax-free, things like that. So you can pick up the book there. And then the website has a lot of free information too. I I, I contribute a lot to Forbes. So there's a ton of articles that I've written within Forbes and they're all listed there. And then uh, the link to my company as well, Quest Education, that's there as well. So danielblue.me has just a bunch of free information and then all my social media handles as well. So that's where you can go to, you know, get, get the game. Yeah, no, awesome, amazing. And I'll have those links in the show notes for folks to kind of click through. And I appreciate the free book. I'm going to utilize that link. I advise you guys listening and watching on YouTube to utilize that link as well. Daniel Blue, thank you so much. And I have one more question. It's a heavy one, but I feel like it's not going to be an issue for you because we've had a pretty good authentic and and heavy episode. Uh, The last question uh, before we wrap it up is what is something that's happened in your life or something you've seen in your life that's kind of shaped the way you view the world as a man? And having a daughter is a trip, right? Because, you know, Ted, me and you were in high school at one point. We were in middle school, right? We know how Mm -hmm. boys think. We know how guys (laughs) think, right? So having a girl in this day and age, especially is pretty concerning. It's worrisome. However, again, the control the controllables, right? So I take my daughter out to dinner or lunch, just me and her, right? She's 13 years old. Dad's not cool anymore. She'd rather be on FaceTime with her friends, right? So <laughs> I have to let go. She's not, you know, that Disney princess, let's watch Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast anymore. So I have to kind of let her go, but also keep her close to me where she can trust me. She can confide in me, right? So it's 
being an example. It's her seeing what a man should live up to, right? Her seeing me interact with my wife, her seeing what a stable relationship looks like, her seeing me put in the work when I don't want to, her seeing me do the things that I I need to do, even though I don't feel like doing them, right? That, that's life. Most of the yeah. stuff that you are doing, you probably don't want to do, but you know, you need to do them, right? So just living in that, so then that way, when it's time for Bella to get married and have a boyfriend, I tell her she cannot uh, date until she marries and she's not going to date and get married until she meets someone that can run farther than me and lift heavier than me. So um, we'll, we'll see if uh, the, the guy can qualify. But jokes aside is, you know, I, I just try to control the controllables and just have a really good relationship with her where we can talk about real life things. We can talk about, you know, just the things that we don't want to talk about. Right. But it's out there. It's sex. It's drugs. It's mental health. It's all of those things. And I think it's real important that as parents, you know, we have a really good communication with our kids and setting examples because, you know, our youth, that's the future generation. That's that's the future world that we're going to see 20, 30 years from now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Daniel, this has been amazing. And it reminds me of the quote, they say, you know, if you have a son, you only got to worry about one pack. If you have a daughter, you got to worry about oh, all yeah. of them. So <laughs> I feel for you, man. And I appreciate, I know you're an amazing girl, dad, and I appreciate your story and everything you've given us today, man. It was very much, very much received. Hey, Ted, I appreciate you having me on your show. This is a blast. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to wrap up with some notes and some gems you dropped along the way, because I know a lot of our listeners are either running, or maybe cleaning, or maybe on a drive, so they don't have a pen and paper like I do. But like Daniel mentioned before, is if you're in that rut, if you're feeling stuck, maybe you're you're not clear on what you want or where you're going, right? We all find ourselves in, in some of that those rough spots. And, and how do you know if you're in the rough spot? Well, how are you behaving when no one's watching? What are the things that you're doing? Are you hiding some of those, those behaviors from other people? And how do you kind of switch that mentality, right? Because when you're in that rut, you could be in that victim mindset, but switching over to gratitude could be the first way to realize what you do have and realize the tools that you do have to start building your life upon. And then when you start building, stacking up those wins, find those wins because it's not the withdrawal. It's not the, the 21 days from the cigarettes. It's not the, the website that you're avoiding. It's the six months, a year from now when life hits you, which it's guaranteed to, are you going to revert back to pacifying your life? Are you going to revert back to some of those things that you did before? Change your environment, whether it's moving to a new city, having a new group of friends, and of course, playing the long game making the decisions that your future self will thank you for. And of course, holding yourself accountable, keeping those promises to yourself to help grow that confidence. And of course, if you are there and you're building and you're looking to maybe find some investment options, grow your business and invest in your business, and you're looking to access your retirement money tax-free, you know who to call. Daniel, thank you so much to the listeners and the audience making it to the end. We appreciate you. And as we always recommend, if you got value from this episode, please share it with somebody you know will get value from it as well. That's the best compliment you can give us. Leave us a rating to let us know how we're doing. The only way we improve is by you letting us know how you'd like us to. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can get a brand new episode each and every single week. We appreciate you making it to the end. And as we always say, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. 